You've seen their TV shows. You've watched their webcasts. Now, Hartigan Stapes and Broughton invite you to Poker in the Ears. Hello, my babies, and welcome to Poker in the Ears, where we are no longer balls deep in scoop. We have, in fact, pulled out of scoop. <laughs> there is no more scoop to be in. That's right. Scoop has long since left. The hour is up with Scoop. I am Uncle Daddy Joe Stapleton. That voice you just heard is my work wife, James Hardigan, and my work abusive stepdad, Matt Broughton, is right. Right. Right there. Right. There he is. He's right there. <laughs> Here I am. Here I am. There he is. I am in Fargo, North Dakota. They are in London, England. But a few days ago, I went up to Canada for some French fries and gravy, sir, and some Scoop myself. Coming up on today's show... It is the Scoop wrap-up. Who won? Who came close? How did Stapes fare in Scoop number one, phase two? Spoiler alert, I did not win. Lots. I'm not going to listen to the show now. I know, right? Just tune the fuck out. (laughs) Lots of other poker news to get to. Uh, But also, we're bringing it back to the live poker because the next stop of the Poker Stars Championship is underway from Sochi and Mother Russia. We will be broadcasting Sochi, but first, we got to give you a preview. A little just the tip on Sochi coming up on today's show. Matt did his second stream for Poker School Online, so he will be regaling us with his uh, adventures in online poker. And uh, remember that ridiculous clip we played last week <laughs> on the show uh, of Kevin losing his mind in the Big Brother house? It was a it was a beautiful moment. It was somewhat scary to see a friend of ours actually losing his shit. Well, apparently it worked because the kid went and bleeping won it. Yes, he is a Big Brother champion. And believe it or not, it was a difficult interview to get, but Kevin Martin is the guest on today's show. Bit of an exclusive. I think it might be the only interview he does. Uh, That's actually really cool. Uh, And also, he's a good sport. I like talking to that kid. And this week's super fan is a guy named James Weirn. We'll find out later on. And his specialty subject is bones. And you know what, Matt? I got this wrapped up because I took kinesiology in college. I know tons about bones. <laughs> oh, good, good. Uh, okay, we'll we'll worry about that a bit later on in the show, I think. Also, I have got a bone right now. Subject change. Because oh. because I want to talk about my my tied for th- three place favorite movie, The Sting. Are we going to be able to watch that or what? Okay, I've had some thoughts about this, and I've just come to the conclusion that getting us all together to watch it together just isn't going to happen. So here's what I suggest we do. Next week's show is going to be our Sochi recap. We'll be done with the live stream. We'll be doing a podcast. The week after that, first full week of June, let me get the date right. I think we're going to be recording on Wednesday the 7th. I suggest that that is the show where we do our review of The Sting. Now, Matt, I have the film on Blu-ray. I will happily lend it to you. Okay, yes, please, yes. Joe, you must have a copy of the movie. You can watch it independently. Let's all pledge that between now and the 7th of June, we will either watch for the first time or re-watch The Sting... If as many of you out there as possible could also watch The Sting and send through your own reviews, your own comments on Twitter, hashtag poker in the ears, we will do a proper book club analysis of The Sting on the show in a couple of weeks' time. Deal? Okay. I mean, the thing is, James will go to any length to not interaction with the humans. But, I mean, there was me thinking maybe the three of us would have a bit of, like, downtime, you know, just chilling. But so it's just sitting on our own watching films. Well, here's the other thing I'm willing to throw into the mix. Popcorn? The Superfan Contest. Okay. I Ah. will move someone to the front of the queue if they apply to be a Sting Superfan and test themselves on their knowledge of Joe's third favourite movie of all time. A third third equal, isn't it, didn't you just say, Joe? Yeah, it's kind of a tie. It's uh, Out of Sight and Swingers are like my top three favourite movies. Good movies. But bear in mind, this might actually be quite a tight fought superfan contest because if joe's just watched and just discussed the film his knowledge is going to be on par and because matt will have just seen it as well his questions might also be a little bit tougher than usual it would be lovely to go back to the pick a number between one and ten format that used to serve us so well when both people in the competition actually knew something about the subject okay i'll i will say two things one is you can take away all handicapping from the sting competition wow excellent however now, I've got a tight schedule th- that week, guys. Uh-oh. So, Matt, mm-hmm. so I'm, I, I've got the Sochi stream. Mm-hmm. Then I've got a wedding in Wales. I fly to L.A. on the 6th, and the very next morning we do the next podcast. So right. I, I've got a tight schedule. But, Matt, what I'm willing to say is one of the days when we're done doing the Sochi live stream, if mm. you want to hang out and watch this thing just with me normal in a hotel room, 
That sounds like an excellent thing. This isn't where I wake up forgetting what happened the night before, is it? <laughs> it's not going to be like the sco- like the scoop in your room back in Monte Carlo again, is it? Unfortunately, I need you to remember the movie, so it's going to oh. limit what kind of what kind of fun we can have in my hotel room. I keep waking up with kidneys being harvested every time I get together with Stapes after the day's broadcast. <laughs> so That's to- not all I've been harvesting. So, James, oh. you want people you want people to uh, to apply on social media? I do. I mean, obviously, the hashtag is Poker in the Ears, and we want people to apply to be a super fan and tell us what they want to answer questions about but let me make this clear if you are willing to be our sting super fan you are guaranteed a spot on wednesday the 7th of june which is when we'll be breaking down the movie and maybe we'll sweeten the prize pool as well maybe we'll have a special prize for that particular week but yes the hashtag is poker in the ears and that is the exact hashtag that mr steve mark used after listening to last (laughs) week's episode he says by far the best podcast this year full of poker and poker-related news, witty, lots of banter. Keep it up, gents. Hashtag well done. Bingo. Love it. Now, Steve Mark was unhappy about something a few months ago, and I only remember because he has two first names. So glad we got Steve Mark <laughs> back on board. Uh, we also entertained Chris Gumperich, who was thrilled to learn of the phrase, well, he got it wrong, first of all, Cods bollock. Thank you for <laughs> teaching me another word that I will use as often as possible at work tomorrow. I obviously put Chris right and said it's actually cock bollock. And also, Matt, I did credit your wife with inventing said phrase. Uh, to which Chris <laughs> responded, it translates to dick balls. Wow, <laughs> you English can make anything sound classy. <laughs> That's funny. I remember we went through a phase a long time ago where... Um, Whenever I was in college, I wouldn't name my files like what they were called, and I would just save them to my desktop. So every file on my desktop was called Dickballs12. <laughs> Not a great way to keep track of your papers. I would imagine that is the case. Now, as previously stated on Poker in the Ears, we don't deal with serious shit on this show, and I know the news has been bleak recently, and there's been some horrible stuff in the last 48 hours. One piece of real-life news we will let wander into the show, though, is the sad news that Sir Roger Moore has gone, the first of the Bonds to die. Obviously, this affects me particularly because I'm a huge Bond fan, a self-confessed Bond geek. Mm. I grew up with the films of Roger Moore, and even though he wasn't my favourite Bond, he was still a childhood hero, and you think growing up that these people will never die um interestingly i got approached today by tf1 television in france about whether i'd do a tv interview about the legacy of roger moore (laughs) i've actually no idea how they found me or why they think i'm the best person to talk about it but there's the possibility that i'll be entertaining viewers in france with my thoughts on the legacy of roger Wow. It's kind of like uh, they probably had some sort of weird seance to determine who the biggest, fattest Bond <laughs> geek was in the entire world. And like your face appeared in like a like a pool of... Or do you think they got in touch with Roger and he was like, uh, James Hartigan. <laughs> like, oh it's my in God. his will. <laughs> exactly. Can you imagine James will be there? He'll be going word up to at Stapes, word up to like at Pokestars. <laughs> Can someone ring Pokestars and say that I love James Bond? It's, oh, I'd see this as being a whole new career move for James. I do think Roger Moore is like somewhat relevant to this show because um, we did that. So I didn't realize that when so okay when we used to do those sketches. Yes. And we were shooting them in Monaco, and like one of the things people brainstormed to me is like, well, Roger Moore lives in Monaco, and I was like, who cares? Like I didn't realize that Roger Moore living in the south of France was like like just a piece of pop culture that actually is like a really big deal. And everyone's got their like Roger Moore story and the Roger Moore uh, experience. And so James (laughs) and I shot these sketches all based on trying to find Roger Moore and Monaco. And they were terrible. (laughs) Some of them are very dear to my heart though. So I do recommend going back and seeking out those old, uh, Monte Carlo shows from like 2013, 2014, where Joe and I just have these ridiculous gags about Roger Moore and Bond conversations, <laughs> in amongst some pretty good poker as well. Actually, John, one of our producers here, one of our senior producers, John actually bumped into Roger Moore <gasps> while in Monte Carlo wow. once on tour. So he actually did manage to find him. Uh, shall we get some actual poker news now, Joe? Let's do it. What's going on in poker today? Now it is time to poker in the ears news. Coming up, scoop. First, though, 
Sunday Million Live. How exciting is this? What? What, what, what is, is this? that? What? Yeah. Well, I this need is... to explain to me because I don't like reading. Okay. Well, here's the thing. I I knew about this obviously a few weeks ago and thought, oh, when they announced that, we definitely have to talk about it on the podcast. Guess when the press release came out? Forty-five minutes after we finished recording <laughs> last week's you show. Know, that happens every week. It must be part of like the PR department's news cycle or whatever. Because every week we get done doing the podcast and then I get a press release being like, okay, well I have to remember talk about this six and a half days from now there must be a mole there must be somebody that has got walkie talking they go yeah i've just seen james and matt leave the booth i think it's clear release the release (laughs) (laughs) the irony is they took my email address off the uh, list a long time ago so i didn't even get them uh so joe the sunday million obviously is a weekly fixture in the poker stars calendar 215 dollars with a one million dollar guaranteed prize pool it's the sunday tournament that everyone always plays online now it is an online live event so at the end of (laughs) august beginning of september there is going to be a 1 million euro guaranteed tournament with a 215 euro buy-in and you can play day one online on PokerStars, or you can play it live at the king's casino in rosvedov and then everyone who survives the day one and makes the money gets to come back for day two which will be played live at Kings for their share of that one million euro prize pool. Wow, but I mean, how many people generally get through to a day two of, of the Sunday million? Well, here's the thing. I don't know how many they're expecting to come back for the live element because you're talking about a one million guarantee, what, 5,000 players? Yeah. So I imagine that you'll be into the money a quite decent amount yeah. by the time it gets to the live element. But yes, there's the opportunity. There's going to ha- there's going to be so many day one flights at Kings and obviously another opportunity to play day one online as well. And then the field all comes together live at Kings and potentially this could be live streamed as well. So uh, h- how much later is day two than day one? Well, the day one start running live, obviously, from the 24th of August. I imagine the online day ones might start a little bit earlier. In fact, online day ones, I can tell you, start Sunday the 18th of June. Wow. So if you make it through that online day one, you've got plenty of time to book your trip to Rosvedov because the live element... The live day two starts on the 3rd of September. Okay, so I'm going to put that on my calendar right now. So if I want to play this, I have to be available the 3rd of September. <laughs> You're so organized these days, Joe. It's almost as if you've learned your lesson. I take you back to my earlier remark about there potentially being a live stream. You may be working this event, Joe, so don't overcommit yourself. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. But even if, whether I'm going to work it or potentially play it, I just need to know what freaking day it is because I guess we're in Barcelona, right? You know, just six days before that, probably. That so, is true. So while the day ones are being held at Kings, all the live day ones, we will be in Barcelona. But remember, online day ones, your chance to make it through by playing day one online, that starts from the 18th of June on PokerStars. I put it in my calendar, but I put it in as Dick Balls 12. <laughs> <laughs> so. so as promised, let's talk about scoop and some results from the last week of the spring championship of online poker now this one tickled me because of the discrepancy between first and second place prize money chance cornuth who what am i reading this right yes you are so chance of course came third in the pca a few years back and he beat andre akari heads up in event 39 now joe do you know what a progressive total ko is yeah I, i guess it's one of those ones where every time you knock someone out your bounty goes up Correct, but the only prize money in this tournament is for knocking people out. It's a total KO, so you only win money by knocking people out. So I guess Chance Connors must have knocked out a lot more people than Andre Akari, because for winning, Chance got $161,671. For his second place finish, Andre got eleven grand. (laughs) Wow. I mean, that's over... what over 10 times as much so wait is it possible that andre had knocked out tons of people and then chance got all that money for knocking out andre no in fact people who finished third fourth and fifth actually cashed for more than andre akari but clearly (laughs) chance did a shitload of damage in this event and of course kept his own progressive bounty at the end of the tournament so a big win for him also Another big score for a November Niner. We remarked last week about Kenny Hallett winning a scoop, Jerry Wong winning a scoop, Gordon Veo, 
the runner-up in last year's World Series of Main Event won event number one, the infamous phase tournament, which we will hear more about in a moment, because <laughs> this was the scoop that Joe played. Uh, he eventually won it for $692,000 following a five-way deal. And last, but by no means least, we come to the main event. A stacked final table after two days of play and a heads-up battle between Charlie Carroll and Harrison Gimbel, two players we know very well from the live circuit. And they did do a deal, but heads-up, Charlie was victorious, winning the scoop main and 1.2 million dollars wow i mean it really goes to show you that skill does win out in the end in these poker tournaments these are crazy big ass fields and for people we know to win them is really something special like okay if we can get to the scoop event number one right gordon veo wins there were twenty-two thousand people that entered that event wow Maybe 20,000. I'm getting it, whatever. It's, either way, it's over 20,000 people in that event. So for someone that we have heard of before to win it is like really pretty extraordinary. Um, I actually hung out with Gordon Vail recently. Adam Levy does these um, Rocket League bar nights. And you I mentioned. went to one of them. Yeah, and Gordon was there. Just think, 50% of the, like I could have won. I was at that same thing. No, I didn't <laughs> it's not quite a coin flip. By the way, I should point out, Joe, I know you're going to get into the uh, nuts and bolts uh, of yeah. your trip to Canada, but that Sunday that you were playing, which saw the scoop main event, which saw phase two of event number one, the biggest day in online poker history, $39 million in prize money being played for, smashing the guarantees by 40%. Wow. Yeah, it's like the biggest day of online poker ever, right? Exactly. And you were a part of it. Tell us more. <laughs> I was a part of it, and I really went to great lengths to be a part of it. Um, as you guys know, entered that phase one of the scoop one, did not realize I was going to have to play later on. So I rearranged my travel schedule. Uh, the guys I work with in Fargo were super cool. They changed my flight for me. Um, I got to tell you guys about the nights before the event, though. So uh, two nights before I flew out, I went out to dinner with my best friend, and um, – we, we went to a restaurant right by my house, and there were these two girls sitting next to us, and I couldn't resist speaking to them. And uh, in the course of the conversation, it turns out that they live in the apartment directly below mine. And they were like, um, so which one of you is, like, constantly having loud sex? And I was like, <laughs> With yourself. Do, you remember, do you remember the last neighbor I had that complained, like, yes. a couple years ago? And yeah. I was like, oh, God, we're going to have that situation again. So, like, as a thank you, I bought us some shots. I ended up hanging out with those girls in their apartment till about 2 in the morning. Then the very next night, I'm in my apartment, and my roommate's like, hey, there's a couple of cute girls down on the patio below. You should say hi to them. I said hi to them. They ended up coming up to my apartment and hanging out till 5 in the morning. I had then had a flight to Fargo that left at 8 in the morning. So I left immediately from this hangout. Mm. Took like a 10-hour day to get to Fargo. I land at Fargo at 10.30 at night. Two of the guys I work with in Fargo picked me up at the airport, at which point we drove directly to Canada. <laughs> it took us about four hours to get to Canada. I check into the hotel room about 3 o'clock in the morning. And um, when we're going through the border to Canada, all of a sudden I start panicking. I'm like, is it is it legal to say I'm going over just to just to play online poker? Like, should I should I say that or should I say it's vacation? And so I end up just being honest. And the guy looks in the back seat at me, the border guard, and goes, "You planning on leaving anything behind in Canada, other than money?" <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, that went fine. We we went we checked into the hotel room. Now these two guys drove me up there, and it was a two bedroom hotel room. Uh, sorry, two two uh, bed hotel room. And I felt bad. Like these guys weren't getting anything out of it. They were sacrificing their time just to hang out and drive me up there. So I let them have the beds, and I slept on the floor <laughs> at five o'clock in the morning. Um, at which point uh, I get woken up the next day by my Canadian friend Brent who used to work on the EPT as a producer. Luckily, he showed up with about about five minutes before the tournament started with some coffee and <laughs> some, uh, some snacks for us. And uh, so the tournament starts very shortly afterward. Um, we had, now there was a disclaimer saying just because you made phase two didn't mean you were necessarily going to cash. I don't know how they figured it out or how they came to the conclusion, but it turns out we did cash. Yay! Uh, hey, well yeah. done. So that was like, 
a little anticlimactic, even though it was a good thing. I was hoping that I could at least like have some bubble sweat, um, but there was no bubble sweat on the very f- uh, like in the very first level. It turns out I busted Tatiana Barasova. Oh, she's still around. Yeah, obviously she's not like repped anymore or anything, but uh, I got it all in aces against her ace king uh, of spades, and two spades flopped, and no. somehow we held. Yeah, wow. somehow we held. Um, there was only one really interesting hand, which I will regale you with now. Hand histories. Pre-flop action. All right, action folds around to our hero, who is me, Joe Stapleton. <laughs> I have queen jack on the button, and uh, I decided to raise it 3x. I don't like min-raising the button. I don't like giving uh, the, the big blind a, uh, a really good price to call uh, with any two cards. Uh, so I raised 3x, obviously we get a call, and then... The flop. Comes queen, 10, 8. Uh, no flush draws out there. Uh, villain checks. I continue for about half pot because I'm pretty lazy and I don't like uh, typing in the button. <laughs> <laughs> At which point I get check raised. Ooh, nasty. And uh, being that I have a top pair, decent kicker, and a gut shot, I decide that I must call... The turn. King on the turn, still no suits really are relevant, so uh, villain checks the turn, I check the turn, because I don't think this is a great card for me. Um, you know, he could be check-raising me with uh, all kinds of hands that a, a king improves. So then we head to the river. Which, unfortunately, is not any card that improves my hand. It is an eight, so the board pairs. I'm left with no longer top pair, not a great kicker. And uh, Villain bets two-thirds of the pot, which is half my stack. I have, uh, like, 120k left. Blinds are, like, um, at this point, are, like, two and four thousand. And so he bets about 60k. And I decide that I'm never good here. End up folding the hand. Uh, I did not get to see what the guy had. But then he writes into the chat box, bluff. Which probably means he had it. Yeah. No one ever writes bluff if they actually are bluffing. I completely agree, and I wanted to get your guy's interpretation of that. Um, I think that if it's a bluff, he shows it. Yeah. Yeah. Because he'd want to put me on tilt. So I think that I made the right fold there. And obviously, after a hand like that, I'm like not really in a great position. You know, I've got 30 big blinds. Uh, I end up. Can, we, can I just hear winner, winner, chicken dinner? Well, I don't know if you've earned it, but as you've asked so nicely... Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Well, he was winner, winner, chicken dickin. The guy... Dickin? Hey! <laughs> winner, winner, chicken dickin. <laughs> the guy who, who check-raised bluffed you is, uh, is the winner of that particular situation. There was a winner, yes. So I had about 30 big blinds after that and won a bunch of hands without any uh, um, action, really, where I just jammed ace-king and ace-queen. Unfortunately, my bust-out hand was particularly frustrating because under the guy under the gun raises uh he's got uh like a massive stack i jam for like my 25 or 26 big blinds uh and then the guy in the small blind tanks for a while and decides to reshove um uh the original razor folds and now we show down and the guy who reshoved reshoved ace queen for some horrible disgusting stupid reason queen on the flop <laughs> we're out um but what I'd like to do is have a little competition for next week. Now I did cash it. It's it's out there for like five hundred and twenty something dollars. Okay, well, well done. Yes, congratulations, sir. Have a small well applause. Done. That's it. Yeah, Just I a finished, small applause. I finished like nine hundred and eightieth or something out of the twenty over twenty thousand people who started. So I was like pretty happy with that. Like my my poker reputation, which hardly exists to begin with, is like more or less kept afloat by that performance i think um but i did have some expense to get to canada <laughs> yes to, to book a hotel room yeah. to pay for gas to pay for food for the guys that came up because i really didn't think it was right that they should have to spend any of their own money to help and, you, and i'm guessing you probably bought like enough food for seven people so they'd have choice that you would feel was adequate for their effort <laughs> absolutely matt you know how i roll so <laughs> competition for next week you know what I could do is I picked up uh, a copy of the movie Logan for each of us. Yes. And um, if 
Matt doesn't want his because he wasn't that keen on the movie. I can actually make the the Logan DVD one of the prizes for this competition. I yeah, want to do. Go, you I know wanna... what? You know what? Go for it. I, I've seen. I've seen it. I'm, I'll I'll borrow James if I want to see the special feature. So yeah, no, go for it. Put it up there. It'll be a prize from both Matt and myself. Whoever comes the closest to the net profit, which by the way, net profit can mean a number of things, including my... a loss. Correct. So. <laughs> If so, whoever comes closest to what my net profit slash loss was, uh, so I cashed for like 520 bucks or something. I had a hotel. I had gas. I had food. Uh, you know, there were various other little expenses along the way. Whoever gets closest to that, we will ship you out a copy of Logan 4K Ultra HD, which includes Logan Noir. The black and white version. That's right. There are four discs in here. So good luck, y'all. Hashtag poker in the ears. One guess per listener, please. Uh, let's move on because we have got our guest waiting on the line. Some big news from the world of Canadian TV involving a Canadian poker player. We talked about this last week. Since then, we can tell you that Kevin Martin has won the fifth season of Big Brother Canada. Woo! So let's welcome back to the podcast and say congratulations to Kevin Martin. Thank you so much, my friends. It's uh, it's like crazy. I can't even explain. I woke Kevin, up what six days ago when I was in the Big Brother house, and now I'm out and I won, and it's nuts. Well done. Are you well ha- done? Are you happier that you won, or are you happier that you're out? Oh, a little bit of both. Obviously, <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy that I won, but God, it's so hard in there to be in that environment for for three months, where basically every person you're around is incentivized to hurt you and lie to you. I mean, it's so, so tough. So I'm so happy to be out. I mean, what is actually going through your head right now? As you mentioned, you've won it, you're out the house, but do you think you're the same man that went in three months ago? Has it changed you as a person? Uh, I think it does. It does. Like this is the second time I've played the game, so I've kind of gone through this before. But it does change you. It's just it's it's weird. Like I said, every single person you're talking to is incentivized to like you can't trust anyone for three months of your life. I don't think humans are meant to be put in that kind of like pressure situation. So yeah, I'm just relaxing. I'm gonna go sit on a beach somewhere. And but I think for sure I'm changed. I I, I have to be. Wait, 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 wait. So you sorry, you've been on the show twice now. Yes, this was my second appearance. Yep, because this season there are, s- there are so few people in Canada that everybody gets it once, <laughs> and when they run out, you it's like jury service. <laughs> this was the first season in Big Brother. They brought back uh, players from before, people who were either really well liked or they didn't really finish their story arc very well, and so so this I was extra deceptive then because everyone already knew what they were doing. Yes, there were half of the, so there's eight players that had played for a second time. There's eight new players. So it added a different dynamic to the house for sure. Now, having had that previous experience, why would you put yourself through it again? Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm a psychopath, like, because I wanted $100,000. It's so bad, but it's so fun. <laughs> I mean, we were talking about it beforehand, Kevin, and I equated it to a three-month prison sentence in a prison that has better CCTV than most. Um, but the thing, the thing is, prisoners have they can go outside when they want, and they can, <laughs> you know, they can talk to a lot of people when they want. We for, prisoners are have way more freedom than we had in there. Okay, I mean, when I ask the question, "How are you feeling right now?" Serious question: Are you okay? I mean, does does this experience damage you at all? No, I, I I don't think damage is the right word. It trips you out for sure. No, I'm actually like I'm actually gonna go to like therapy for literally. I mean, I mean I'm not joking, but just like a couple therapy sessions. I'm good. I'm good. But it is mentally, it is very trippy in there for sure. So based on your previous experience and based on the experience now, what adjustments did you make? Because let's be honest, this is playing a game. You're trying to win. You mentioned a hundred thousand dollars for the winner. What did you do differently this time around? Uh, I was more prepared and I was a little bit more ice cold this time because I the first time I played I kind of fell I fell for a girl I got in a very serious showmance and it kind of clouded my judgment and hurt all of my other relationships this time I was very very kind of like ice cold my the game was first above everything for me I was more prepared I knew exactly what to expect and in certain situations where my life was on the line in competitions I had seen those competitions I'd played in those competitions before so I kind of had an optimized approach and yeah just a lot of a lot of ice cold and focus this time 
Uh, obviously, like you've become more involved in the poker world between uh, then and now, like the first time and the last time. Do you think that those skills uh, helped you the second time around? Yeah, absolutely. Because in, in poker, guys, you know, like when you take a bad beat, you can lose massive amounts of equity and you just have to be like, oh, that sucks, right? And you have to move on. In Big Brother, there's a lot of twists and there's a lot of format changes where it can just crush your game or it can really help. And you just have to kind of be like, oh, this is Big Brother. You have to move on. It's like taking a bad beat. There's no point in being upset. Or So there's lots of moments in the season where crazy things were happening. And you could see the house goes going nuts and freaking out and crying. And I was just kind of like, uh, that's the way it works. And then we, we tried to play the next hand. Because this is where I get a little bit cynical, Kevin, because whenever a poker player goes on a reality show, whether it's Big Brother or Survivor, it's like, ooh, let's get a poker player on because like, they'll take a psychological approach. In reality, are there any shared qualities between playing a hand of poker and actually playing on a reality TV show? Very few, but the, that is the one, is the ability to take a bad beat or to take a twist and just right. move on and not really care. But yeah, like... Every, nothing else really relates besides that in poker you're put in high stakes high pressure situations and in big brother you wake up every single day and it's that way every single day poker players haven't had a lot of success in reality tv shows there's been tons on survivor there's a girl vanessa obviously vanessa Rousseau got third in the big brother stage version so to win a show as a poker player ah is there a period of time between like the show finishing and you being released back into your life is there like an anti-chamber that you spend some time in kind of depressurizing <laughs> There's a, so I won the show. They grab me, sequester me, put me in a room, and they take me to a hotel room one more night. I got one more room of sequester, and then they said, "I actually, I actually ran, a, I ran away. I couldn't take it anymore. <laughs> I, I left my hotel room at like <laughs> three in the morning, out the window with yeah, the blankets yeah. tied together." <laughs> I couldn't take it. I just won the show. And then they put me in a hotel room and they're like, all right, go to bed. There's, they took the TV off the wall. They took the radio clock. I can't do this. I, I actually I actually broke out and ran away and, <laughs> and went and talked to people for the first time in three months. I think it's a pretty justified reason. Yeah. I could just picture Kevin like out on the street, just like being like, hey, just someone talk to me. What's up? Who's the president? <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> I was like, what happened? I just asked what's happened for the last three months. Nothing too crazy happened, though, guys. The world's still doing okay. Um, I think what you mean is that everything crazy happened, and therefore it's hard to discern what one yes. crazy thing happened. There was one particular thing, Kevin, that you were very concerned about, and that was what was happening on the Twitch poker landscape. Because on last <laughs> week's podcast, we played the clip of your bizarre rant, which was followed by a warning from Big Brother. Can you please explain exactly what that was about? Oh, I, I was I in the bathroom just see, ranting? He probably doesn't see James. He probably doesn't even know that it's a clip. Like you're like pacing around your bedroom, going, "I wonder what at Jamie Staples is up to. I wonder what at Jimmy Somerville's <laughs> up to." I wonder what's happening in the Twitch poker landscape. Somebody could have won the Sunday million and I wouldn't know about it. You were like having a meltdown. Yes. Yes, I was. Because at that point in the game, I was very by myself. I was completely isolated. And a lot of those people in there, I mean, I, didn't, I just didn't like a lot of those people. I was very alone. So I would go on these rants and like mention people back home and friends and thinking about poker almost gave me like a, a just a peace of mind like so yeah i was honestly curious because i don't know jamie could have shipped the sunday million and so i was trying to shout out the twitch poker community i can't wait to get back to poker it's been so long but i'm just gonna relax for a month and get back but did anyone win the sunday million what's happened on twitch poker <laughs> I mean, <laughs> someone wins, wins the sunday million somebody wins the sunday million every week kevin i'm not sure if you know how it works <laughs> um <laughs> Jamie Staples or, or any of your pals there have not won the Sunday Million, but uh, you know, scoop just happened. You missed that. I did. Well, it was a very, it was a very good scoop for me. It was a, my best scoop ever. <laughs> a break-even scoop. <laughs> well, so you said you're going to take a month off. What are you most looking forward to, uh, poker-wise, when you're done with that month off? Yeah, just to get back and, and start streaming on Twitch and and, and study and, and keep getting better. And then WSOP is coming up this year. I've never played the main event. I want to play the 10K main for the first time ever. So that's kind of a big milestone for a poker player. I can't wait to do that. Is the month off just to reply to all the social media like messages that you probably received? Oh, dude, the phone's going nuts. I haven't even dived into it. There's so much love and craziness out there, and a lot of hate. A lot of like a lot of people like to express their opinion, but I, I have I haven't even touched it yet. It's a scary jungle. I'll I'll go in there and answer all the messages eventually. What was the dirtiest thing you had to do while you're in there? Like, what are people most pissed off at you for? Oh, people were not 
I, again, I have no clue what was on the show. A lot of, I'm getting a ton of hate about my relationship with William uh, and my potential. Like, I had a really close relationship with a guy in there. And Did and you I trick him into falling in love with you, like with what happened to you? <laughs> <laughs> he, we did develop some feelings, and it wasn't 100% mutual. And I think it came across really poorly on the show. So our people are a little bit upset about that. But that's, that's what Big Brother is, right? You try to form genuine relationships and then use them to get yourself farther in the game. So I, But that's the only thing that I took a little bit of flack for. That's... Uh... Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, do you do you ever um, come into contact with these people afterward? Like the girl from before, this guy now. Do you like meet up with them and say, "Hey, it was all part of the game. Hope there's no hard feelings." That kind of thing. Yes, generally, it, uh, it's like, "Hey, everything in there it was totally fine." People do hold very hard feelings, though. Some of these house guests just take it so seriously. They can't. They don't separate real life from reality TV. For them, it's all the same. So if you lie to the Big Brother house, it's like you lie in real life in their perspective. But for me, it's like if you go in there day one, I don't think there. I don't think morality exists in the Big Brother house. You can literally do whatever you want to win the game. And once you're out of there, I think it's all good. It doesn't make you a bad person at all. Well, I guess that part's kind of like poker because when someone bluffs me in poker, I'm like, you're a bad person. You're yes. So, Kevin, you mentioned, obviously, that you missed out what had been happening on Twitch. As Joe mentioned, Scoop's been happening. Yes. Was it a tough decision at all knowing that you were going to miss out on that month of poker? And also, what's a pretty big month of live streaming as well for casters like yourself? Yeah, it was a really tough decision. I had to think about it because my Twitch and my poker career and everything's been going really well since I left. I was kind of peaking. I was doing really, really well. I was just in LA for Twitch streamer, Twitch poker streamer of the year award and stuff. Like there's been so much going on. So when they called, but in the long term, going back on this show and kind of wrapping up my reality TV career, obviously now that I won is the best decision ever. But I just had to go back and I had some demons from season three the first time that I played. So it, it wasn't that difficult of a decision because I knew that in a couple months, Twitch poker and everything would still be there. Sure. So what events, what tournaments, what games are you most looking forward to playing and streaming? Ah, obviously the big Sunday schedule. And I, I, I don't even know. There's just so much that I want to play. I can't, I'm really looking forward to getting back and studying actually and grinding and, and getting my game back in, into place. Cause it's been so long, but in that house. So there are moments where people, people would get mad at me and there's so much high emotions. I would go down in a corner and try to like, think of like a button opening range or a, like, you know, <laughs> a cutoff. Like it was actually, it was actually a way for me to calm my mind down and remember that like, I am a real person when the house was going nuts. And outside of poker, Kevin, what were you? What was it that you couldn't do in the house yes. that you can now do, that you're now free to do to your heart's content, that you're most looking forward to doing? Uh, get Getting really drunk, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> Wait, they don't uh, just they supply reg- you with booze the whole time, or you just avoided it because uh, for the game purposes? No, they regulate alcohol. We So I got... <gasps> three three times the entire time i was gone they completely regulate alcohol and so yeah whenever you got a beer in there it was it was a commodity people would trade people would barter with with alcohol just because it was so rare in the american one i'm pretty sure that everyone's just drunk all the time i'm pretty sure that's the strategy with the british big brother as well um classic canada isn't it no let's not make them drink too much Uh, (laughs) kevin obviously a hundred thousand dollars is not to be sneezed at does that go straight back into the poker bankroll Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Or we're gonna find a nice little investment somewhere, but it's totally for the career. I'm, I'm like, I'm gonna have a fun couple weekends here, but I'm, I'm not gonna s- spend too much of it. I would buy a one hundred thousand dollar jet ski. <laughs> like, that's I was just one one purchase. Get it all out of the way. I have one last question for Kevin before we get to the game. Kevin, um, I, I don't know if people ask you this or not. How do you jerk off in there? Is there like a there, camera on you twenty four seven? You find you find a way there. You just have to get. <laughs> There's always a way, Joe. Is that Jeff Goldblum? Nature finds a way. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kevin. Really quick. I know you've had enough, Big Brother, but we're gonna play right now, Big Brother, the home game, for one of my uh, stupid games, and it's very literal. I'm gonna name someone. You just have to tell me who their Big Brother is. It's easy. Love it. All right, here we go. <laughs> I don't think he that. does. I don't think he does. <laughs> You've got a couple of lifelines. You can Hector Hardigan and you can beg a Broughton if you like for a lifeline, or you may seduce a Stapleton. Okay. And I know, given your experience on Big Brother, that you can make it really convincing. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. 
I got three lifelines if I'm in trouble. Correct. Here we go. Question number one. WWE wrestler and Canadian Owen Hart. Who is his big brother? Uh, Bret Hart? Bret Hart is correct. Yes. I thought he was going to have to lifeline right away. Speaking of which, hey, hey, Kevin, do you know how the country of Canada got its name? No. No, don't answer him. (laughs) Say yes. Just say yes, I do. I have no idea. No! Uh, (laughs) Question question number two. Loki. Who is Loki's big brother? Oh, Thor. Correct. Moving on. Question number three. Arya Stark. Who's her big brother? I'll give you a point for each one you can name. Oh, the oldest one is Rob Stark. Rob Stark. Done. Um... Theon is like a brother-in-law. Does that count? Not going to count Theon. Okay. I'll give you one more <laughs> guess. And, uh... Oh, dang it. This is this is tough. I'm going to go with Bran, but that might be younger brother. I think Bran is her younger brother. I don't know. I'll give it to him. You know, you know nothing, Kevin Martin. <laughs> I don't know very much about Game of Thrones. The, the Stark family's huge, right? That was, uh, Jon Snow, I would have given you too. Oh, yeah. Okay, Kevin, moving on. A little Bible trivia for you. Who is Abel's older brother? Kane. Kane is correct. Moving on to music, Liam Gallagher. He is little brother to who? Oh, can I I seduce a Stapleton? You may seduce a Stapleton, but you're going to have to really make me believe that you like me. (laughs) (laughs) That will be hard. So... Joe, I've been a fan for so long. You're calling Noel Gallagher. <laughs> so easy. <laughs> Couple of more questions here. Two more to go. Tony Scott, who's his big brother? Hollywood director Tony Scott. <laughs> can I? What are, what are the other two lifelines? You can Hector a Hardigan and you can beg a Broughton. Can I beg a Broughton for this one? Yes, you can, but I want, I want you on your knees. Let, let me hear how much you need my help. I literally... Every fiber of my being wants help right now. I... <laughs> All right. Holy it... Ridley Scott? Ridley Scott is correct. Yes! And one last question. It's a poker one. This is old poker trivia. I know you're new to, new to uh, new on the scene here, Kevin. Who is Annie Duke's big brother? Oh, the professor, right? Howard Letter? Correct. And also, you managed to do what Annie Duke couldn't do. You won yourself a reality TV show. Kevin Martin, thanks so much for being on the show. You're a good sport, buddy. Dude, thank you guys so much. It's uh, it's all sinking in. Oh, <laughs> we wish you well on the road to mental and physical recovery, Kevin. <laughs> Literally, it's going to be a short road, but it will be a little bit of a road. It's just it's a wild time. <laughs> well done. <laughs> Adventures in Online Poker! I kind of feel like this is part two of Adventures in Online Poker because we've had Joe's experience north no, of no, the no, border. No, 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 I was part of Poker News and Scoop. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Do you get paid more for being in that section or something? I am news. Okay. God damn it. <laughs> I'm just adventurous. <laughs> so, Monday Nights with Matt continue on the Poker School Online Twitch stream every Monday, 7pm UK time. That's the plan. It nearly wasn't. To be honest, this week, I wasn't meant to do one because I actually had tickets to go and see a screening of Mindhorn. And I made it quite clear to the guys at Poker School, like when we first set this up, I was like, look, I've got some outstanding stuff on Mondays, so we're just going to have to work around it. Then my date blew me out. I sent a message to Hartigan saying, do you want to go see a screen? He's like, oh, I'll be, I'll be in meetings. He's a very important person, Joe. I don't know if you knew that these days. Um, so I thought, <laughs> well, in that case, actually, I don't have any excuse not. And, I mean, it's the beauty of Twitch. You just put your laptop upstairs on a table and, ta-da, I'm a small broadcasting company. So I did something I'd wanted <laughs> to do, which was uh, Razamataz, spelt Razamat-as. Um, Branding because- is important. Branding is important. So... Um, I thought, you know, I, I always go on about the mixed games and I'd done a bit of a chat on the uh, the Poker School online forum saying about, are you guys up to learn some other games? And actually, there's not a lot of adventures to tell you about because it just went really well. Is I had some people message me saying, 
are you going to be taking it from scratch or do we do need to do some studying? And I said, no, we'll, we'll take it from absolute the beginning. Shit, um, I should have watched this. And, and I'll tell you what the nicest thing was, is it started off with me. I kind of just explained the rules, which, you know, in most poker games, there's not that much to describe. It's, and then I just sat in a real cheap cash game and people were watching, asking questions. And then we took it to the play money tables. And the guys from the audience, I mean, there was a huge queue online, but a load of the guys came and we just played. And it kind of... I was stopping and bringing up hand histories and talking through it. And it was just brilliant because in the space of a couple of hours, the guys were really nicely going, this is a really good game. I'm going to play this. I, I, I really like this. A couple of guys didn't get it, but a couple of guys really got scripts with it. And that was all I wanted was people going, I like this game. I'm going to play it more. You see, my experience of Raz was watching it when they used to televise it on the World Series oh of Poker God. back in 2004, 2005, where everyone at the table was either... 89 years old or utterly miserable or both and actually i agree with you it's a fun game to play you say it went really well the one clip you've released from monday's stream is you getting genuinely frustrated at the fact you kept being dealt pairs oh. and then you improve to two pair on oh. fifth street do you know what it was one of those it was one of those nights where i started off like a god and you know like if you're ever doing anything tutorial is that when it works in your favour, you're trying to be cool. And you know, you're going, so I'm going to raise here because I think a bluff will win. And it does. And you don't go, you know, you don't fist pump. You're just like, yeah, well, this is just what happens to me every day. But <laughs> as, the, as the night went on, honestly, it was like someone had seen what I was doing and had just found a way to totally ruin my life. Because every time I had a great starting hand, it would just get worse. And then I say, well, we can play through this, guys, because we're showing the ace and we've got the three and the jacks are dead. And it was just like the deck just kept on kicking me about. So, yes, that was the one clip that has been released was me slightly getting slightly miffed at just constantly looking like a clown. So is the stream taking a one week hiatus due to a certain event taking place in Russia? Do you know what? It really depends on our timing because there's absolutely no reason I can't do the stream because, as mentioned, as long as I've got my laptop and an internet connection, I can stream from anywhere as Poker School Online. They gave me the stream key and everything. They Honestly, I have no idea if they know who I am. <laughs> um, but because the plan is that, and this is going to be my format, is that we do a week of tutorials. So this week just gone, it was Raz and we sat on the play monies. And what I'm going to do for next week is set up a home game. Right. Because then all of the members of Post School Online can come and play in it. The week after, maybe I'll do Badoogie in the same fashion and then set up a home game. And my my analogy, I kept getting the piss ripped out of me, was it's like the Avengers. You don't just do an Avengers film. You do Thor and you do Captain America <laughs> and Iron Man. And then you bring it together. So the idea is ultimately we do the big horse, the big mix game, the big eight, when everyone has got to grips with all these individual little games, then we'll bring it together for a big tournament. Joe, why do I get so much shit about bringing everything back to Bond movies when he does exactly <laughs> the same with Marvel? Well, you know, I, we just haven't been listening to him do it about Marvel for like nearly years. a decade. <laughs> <laughs> Give it a couple of years and this whole shtick will have got tired. Um, so let's move on from online poker to live poker and that previously mentioned event. Yes, a brand new stop for us as the PokerStars Championship goes to Russia, primarily Sochi, and our five-day stream is just around the corner. Now, Joe, I know you're always a little bit behind on yes. your schedule and the knowing what yeah. you're meant to be doing well. So, for I literally have my calendar open right now. Right I knew on. you would. <laughs> this is not just for the audience's benefit. This is for <laughs> Joe Stapleton as well. Uh, it all kicks off on Saturday the 27th, that's just a few days from now, five days from day two of the main event through to its conclusion, so that's Saturday the 27th to Wednesday the 31st. Now the times are important because it's unusual for us to be broadcasting in a time zone in that direction, because Moscow time is currently one hour ahead of Central Europe and two hours ahead of the UK. So we're gonna be going live at noon local time, which is 11 in the morning if you're in Central Europe and 10 a.m. if you're in the United Kingdom. Joe, are you are you gonna be are you gonna be able to cope with that? 
So, well, yeah, it's because it's noon oh. local time, oh, right? Oh, no, yeah, sorry, of course, I'm being a fool. Oh, yeah, so actually, that's when you normally wake up anyway. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, that's business as usual for us. It's just our audience is going to have to get up a little oh, earlier. so in fact, my question should be, audience, are you going to be all right with that? I mean, can you imagine <laughs> our audience's hair at that time in the morning, Joe? <laughs> An hour earlier than you might be expecting, basically. Uh, all the usual channels, pokerstars.tv slash live, on the Pokerstars YouTube channel and at twitch.tv slash pokerstars. Five days of coverage with cards up action from the final table, starting an hour later than every other day because of the cards up security delay. There will be a free roll every single day at 9.15 Central European summertime. I don't think we're going to be able to play those free rolls, sadly, because we will be off air at that time. There'll be no bounty bonus this time around. Hopefully we'll bring that back for Barcelona. But what we do have is a daily competition which is going to give you the chance to win satellite tickets or spin-and-go tickets to be in Barcelona in the summer. So we know wow. that Barcelona is always the busiest and the biggest stop on the tour. I don't think this year is going to be any exception to that. So we are going to have a competition giving you the chance to qualify for Barcelona. And we're not going to basically stipulate what you have to play. Whether you're playing Real Money Cash, Zoom or Spin and Goes, you will have the chance to enter our competitions. That's cool that there's still plenty of stuff to play and do. Absolutely. And talking of contests, guess what we're doing right now on the podcast? A contest? <laughs> it was rhetorical. Superfan versus Stakes. Now, in recent weeks, we have had some American superfans, so the $27 satellite ticket has not been in play. This week, there is a ticket up for grabs. We have a UK superfan. And you know what? This is a coin flip. It's 50-50 on the pronunciation. So let's see whether I have the pocket pair or the overcards. Hello, James Wynn. Wynn. God ah, damn it. Ace on the uh, river. <laughs> I think you're out flops. <laughs> uh, greetings, James. Welcome to the show. Thank you. James, what's your yes. deal? Um, I work for a company that build broadcasting equipment for like Sky, BBC, ITV. So what's your poker story, James? Um, poker was, um, I play some Red 2 tournaments every week. Um, I learned how to play PLO the other day as well, which is quite fun. <laughs> welcome. welcome to the world of other games. Have you thought about Raz and Badoogie? Um, not yet, no. <laughs> Oh jeez, Max! Give week. it up with the give it up with the Raz and the Badoogie. It's not becoming a thing. Shut no, up! I am genuinely Older interested. I am genuinely interested, James. Did you discover PLO via the newly released Spin and Gomahas? Spin and Gomaha. Yeah. Ah, yes, I did. Which are yeah, I'm loving it. Fiercely addictive. It has to be said. Um, yeah, they're great. So obviously, we are giving you the chance to potentially win a ticket that could see you qualify for a stop on the Poker Stars Championship. Um, what's the biggest event you have played to date? It's only uh, been Red, Red Tooth um, regional final sort of thing, so not nothing major. But... Well, hopefully, we can send you on the way to a major event, maybe Barcelona, maybe somewhere nice. further afield. Uh, let's see how we get on. Um, your chosen specialist subject. Bones. As in the TV show, yeah. Oh, thank God for that. Do you know, just for a minute there, there's always just a moment where I think there might have been some miscommunication. Are you an absolute <laughs> hardcore fan, James? Have you seen every single episode multiple times? Oh, I have, yes. Right. And meanwhile, Joe Stapleton, have you ever seen this at all? I think I've seen one episode. I know it stars David Boreana and Anna's and, uh, and that lady. This is one of those TV shows that I've only ever seen promos for and thought, yeah, that just looks like every other detective show. What's, what's the USP of this one, James? What, what makes it different from every other CSI-type show? Can't really answer that personally. Uh, just better than the rest of us all. Well, this does, not fare, this does not bode well for you being able to answer trivia if you can't actually say what the show's about. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. Well, let's let's put you to the test then. Good luck um, to both okay. you and Joe. I think Joe would probably need it more than you do. But let's get this quiz on the road. Okay. First question to you, James. Okay. The character switch. Incidentally, I should point out I've never watched it myself. So if I get any of the pronunciations wrong, just just bear with me. And also thanks to Mrs. Hornchurch, Steve, who came up with these because I've never watched this. So the character Sweets, played by John Francis <laughs> Daly, is that the right word? Have I used his name correctly? Yes. Okay, yeah, sorry, I heard you chuckle and I panicked. Okay, so the character Sweets, played by John Francis Daly, was killed off in the first episode of season 10. But why did the character need to be killed off? You can just go, in all cases, for the straight answer for two points, or you can take the multiple choice for one. So do you know why that character needed to be killed off? Um, I'll have to take the multiple choice, please. Okay. The actor playing Sweets died. The cast demanded it due to internal conflicts. The actor has stated online that the show was cliched and stale, or the actor needed time off to direct. Well, I think it was directing. It was directing. Wow. One point there. And there's a bonus. Can you tell me what was it that that chap, whose name I've already forgotten, John Francis Daly, do you know what he went off to direct? Oh, I can't. I'm I'm not sure. Okay, Joe, you can steal it. Any ideas, Joe? He went off to direct Bones the Musical. <laughs> no, it was National Lampoon's Vacation, apparently. Oh, the oh, remake. No, that was good. I knew that. Okay, right. Uh, Mr. Stapleton, the lead character Brennan's dad is played in the show by Ryan O'Neill. What does he have in common with the actress's real-life dad, Caleb Deschanel? Uh, they were both... Um... Multiple Involved choice available. In, don't don't, oh, don't just cho- guess. Multiple, multiple choice. Multiple choice. Multiple choice. Right, Jesus, okay. how many times do you have to specify Listen, the format of this quiz? Just to make it clear, every single question has multiple choice. Right. Okay. Your options are: they served in the same regiment in Nam. They've both been nominated for Academy Awards. They've both played bass for Billy Ray Cyrus, or they've both appeared as stormtroopers in Star Wars movies. Uh, they've both been nominated for Academy Awards. That is absolutely correct. That's a point for Joseph. Tied game. What? Do we know what what Chanel was nominated for? No. Okay. <laughs> if you want to ask a bonus eh. question, <laughs> then then go ahead. Uh, right. Meanwhile, <laughs> back to James for two points. Can you tell me which character spoke the first line of the first ever show, and which character spoke the last line of the last ever show? I believe the f- first episode would have been Bones. And, I'm afraid oh, that's okay. incorrect. I too. That was Angela Montenegro. Oh, at the airport. I have no idea. I'm sure you're oh, right. Shouldn't own that. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> and uh, what about the final line of the f- last of a show? Um. Oh, I can't think now. I only watched it the other week as well. Go for it. Even if you go random. Let's say booth. No, I'm afraid that one was <sighs> bones. Rubbish. See, oh, unbelievable. I, say that as well. I know. Okay, I have a. I just have a quick question. Yes, go um, ahead. Which one's Bones? The woman, That's the main the, no, one. The woman. Oh, I figured oh, that the guy from yeah. Buffy the Vampire Slayer would be Bones. No, it's a lady no, that's show. Seely Boo. Oh, uh, what? That's who? What's his name? Seely. Seely. Oh, oh. yeah. Strange names. Okay. Anyway, um, <laughs> back to this will be Stapes. Okay, uh, Bones works at a fictional Jeffersonian institute, but judging by the outside shots of the building, what real institute is it based on? Multiple choice of edible snakes. Or you can just guess for two. I will take the choices, but I think I know. Okay, it's the Smithsonian, Cornell University, the Kennedy Institute, or the McKenzie Institute. Did you mean to say the Smithsonian? No, I meant to say the Smithsonian, just my teeth okay. don't fit. Let's go with the Smithsonian. Correct. Well, well <laughs> spotted that I tried to throw you off by calling them the Smithsonian. Crucially, I didn't, Joe know, we now- were, I didn't know we were watching the Flintstones. <laughs> Crucially, Joe now has a 2-1 lead. Come on, James. You uh, told me you, well. you, well, you... Well, I'm sorry. Don't forget, I give Joe the slightly easier ones. You're, you're oh, our yeah, expert. Okay, here, redeem yourself. Which main character made a shock return in the final series? Multiple choice. Oh, that was uh, Zach Eddy. That is correct for two points. Oh, wow. Right, okay. 3-2 now to the superfan. Okay, Joseph. The actor who plays Angela's dad is from which real-life rock band? Multiple choice. Go on. Yep, go on. 
Okay, is it Aerosmith, Rush, Motorhead, or ZZ Top? I think I would have heard about it if it was from Aerosmith. ZZ Top seems a little ridiculous. The other two are Rush and what? Motorhead. Lemmy from Motorhead just died. Was there are other bounce? members in the band. It's not just about the guy at the front, Joe. I Joe. know. Uh, I'm, I'm actually going to go with, with, uh, with Motorhead. I'm afraid it was ZZ Top, even though you thought that uh, sounded ridiculous. There's a bonus here. Do you, can you tell me the band... Ne- <laughs> Let me start again. Can you tell me the band member's name that plays Angela's dad from ZZ Top? No, I cannot. <laughs> correct. That is absolutely correct. You cannot. A point for Joe. Um, actually, this could be stolen, I guess, legitimately by James. Can you tell me the band member's name? Uh, Billy Gibbons. It is Billy uh, uh, Gibbons. Gibbons. I can't believe I just got Gibbons. You got Gibbons. Okay, this one is legitimately back to James. Again, multiple choice available for two points. Uh, sorry, two points if you just get it right. In the episode, The Gamer in the Grease... Hodgkins, Sweets and Fisher take turns camping to get tickets for which 2009 movie? Avatar. Correct. Well Got done. Got it. And there's a bonus here. And that was for two two points as well. Didn't take yes. multiple. Five, uh, can, six. Can you give me the actor, James, from Bones, or the character's name, that was in both Bones and Avatar? The ca- character name, yeah? Yeah, you can give me the actor or that the character Fisher. name. It was Colin Fisher. You're absolutely Fisher. right for the bonus. Yes, yes. yes. Fish, known as Fisher. I've been told known as just Fisher in the program, but the character's name's Colin. Yeah. Seven points to three, and one of those points that Joe has is a pity point, so let's see how he gets on in his <laughs> next round. Wow, okay. he just broke this game wide open. Okay. Fuck. Right, Joe, it's your favourite kind of question. Lead actress Emily Deschanel has a famous sister, Zoe, who has appeared in such films as Elf and The Hitchhiker's Guide. Can you please spell Zoe Deschanel? Z Z Correct O O E Y Wow, that's the bit I thought you'd get wrong. Continue. D E S Mm-hmm. C H Mm-hmm. A N N E L. Oh mate, you added an unnecessary N. You were doing so well. <laughs> it was like that little thing at the fairground where you got the wire that you can't touch and it buzzes and you got right to the bit at the end and then you screwed it. Um, I I've... actually um, was in a, a spelling, a citywide spelling bee competition when I was uh, a child, and uh, I always like double letters were my. Uh, oh, you're were a the only thing I could never remember. Yeah, I, uh... I misspelled pollution to lose the citywide spelling bee by adding an extra L. See? Never learning. Never learning. Okay, (laughs) back to you, James. Are you still with us, James? I am. Excellent. Good news. Okay. In the establishing shots of Booth's apartment, it often shows that he lives above a store. What sort of store is it? Mm, I'll tell him all of choice, please. Okay. Is it a hardware store, a magic shop, Iceland, home of the prawn ring, or a liquor store? (laughs) hardware store i'm sorry it was a liquor store but you can pick Ah. up a bonus if you can tell me the name of the store uh no okay joe you can (laughs) steal it can you come up with the name of a store you've never seen before in your life that's a liquor store buy right liquors no it's uh sportsman's uh which brings us what's the score this is the last question here where are we uh joe is trailing by four points ah okay right good game james hang on a second hang (laughs) on a second uh, no, I can't. I can't help you out with this. For two points, Joe, you have to tell me which three of these episodes... It's one of those shows that has hilarious episode names. I yeah. really like those. Which three of these are real episodes? The Tough Man in The Tender Chicken, The Survivor in The Soap, The Call in The Big Blind, The Soldier on The Roof, The Pig in The Pie, The Goop on The Girl. Sorry, uh, I'm gonna The go- Goop on The Girl? That's one of the options. Can you tell me that's w- that's one of them? That is one of them. Jesus. Yeah. Um, the chicken one. The first one is one of them. That is also one of them. Um, I'm going to eliminate big blind. What, what, the, um, your reminding ones are the survivor in the soap, the soldier on the roof, or the pig in the pie. Uh, the I'm going to go with the 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 survivor in the soap. My God, that's absolutely correct. You get two points. Well, I'm actually going to give him one point for every correct answer, which means Joe scores six points. However, 
pipped at the post by superfan James, who scored a total of seven points and has won this round, this game of superfan versus Stapes. No, let me just stop you, James Hartigan, because you've Wait, spoken what? too quickly because there's a bonus point attached to that last question. Joe... If uh -oh. I if I opened your laptop right now, would I find a movie open with a title pretty similar to The Goop on the Girl? No. Oh, that's wrong. I definitely <laughs> would. So luckily, James still wins. Congratulations, sir. Well done, James. You do get the Everyone Loves a Chop Pot hoodie and a $27 satellite ticket. Thank you very much for coming on the show. Yeah, cheers, guys. It's been fun. Good job. Well done, mate. All right, my babies, we are out of time for this week's show. We are gonzo on this show until after Saatchi, but we are streaming that next next episode of this show will be the Saatchi wrap-up. <laughs> that was such a confusing way of explaining it. Even I don't know when to come in. I think the key I thing to say is we are not doing poker in the ears and eyes from Sochi. So it's just five days of streaming and then we'll do a podcast the day after that. So the next episode of Poker in the Ears will be released on all the usual channels on Friday, the 2nd of June. You know what? You do the outro from now on. <laughs> uh, Matt, what have you got lined up for next week's show? Well, do you know what? I'm actually going straight after the recording of this show. I'm going to the Vic. I'm going to go and play in the annual City Poker Classic event, which is, wow. a, which is a, a charity event for the Carers Trust. So hopefully I'll be able to come back with some adventures in live poker for you. Wow. As far as online poker is concerned, Joe, any more plans to play uh, multi-day online no. tournaments? <laughs> no, no more plans to play multi-day online poker tournaments next week. I will reveal how how much money I made slash lost from this year's scoop. <laughs> oh, uh, two things. One, I for I had an extra ticket. I never got to use that 109 ticket that uh, oh, that I won at the last <laughs> event. But I've been told it's good for next year's scoop. Oh, good. And I, <laughs> and I do wonder what I would have cashed for had I not gone to Canada. Oh, I see, because you automatically made the money by making phase two. So you're basically saying, had you not spent a penny, would you have actually made a profit? Yes, exactly. So I'll try to work that out on next week's show. Also, we're always looking for super fans, but more specifically, if you want to be our Sting post Saatchi super fan, get on us. Use the hashtag poker in the ears. And of course, there is that competition to see who's going to win the Logan DVD. All of that next time. The next time you will hear from us directly will be broadcasting Saatchi. Until then, I am Joe Stapleton for Matt Brown and James Hardigan saying, spell you later. <laughs> <laughs>